The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. I suspect most of us have been there where we're starting out in our careers. We're not earning very much. We're trying to improve our quality of life, our standard of life. We want to live in a nice place. You want to have nice clothes. You want to have a nice car. You want to be seen to be better off than you were the year before and the year before that and the year before that. So you start spending. Um, You might take on some debt and you may get yourself into a spot of bother. Or you simply just spend according to your means, but you're not putting away anything for a rainy day. You're not thinking about the future. And you think to yourself, well, one day when I've got a proper job, not this starter job, not this beginner job, and I get paid lots of money. I get paid, you know, I don't know, when you're starting out, we get 10,000. When I get paid 100,000 rand a month, oh, then I'm going to save. And I wonder how many people get caught in that trap. Warren Ingram at Galileo Capital. Is it something you see a lot? I think it um, it applies to somewhere around uh, uh, many more than half of, of salary earners, and, and I think it's probably more than ninety percent of them. Ninety out of every hundred would would, would fall into that uh, that that category. And I'm not, it's not always a trap. It's not always um, be, because they just you know have no discipline. It's often because they just have so little money, and they start with so little that that they need to build up. Um, you know, assets in terms of, you know, transport. So they need to buy a car and they need to get clothes for work and, you know, then they, they need to get accommodation, all of those things. So the, the demands on on people starting out uh, and on their income is massive. Uh, and and you're right. So so they they kind of most of them would would, would spend most of their uh, if not all of their money, um, and and then you know as their salary rises, they get used to that experience, and and uh, it becomes easier to spend. And and you know I, I would I think I'd be really amazed if with people with a hundred thousand a month are, are even saving you know fifteen percent of that. I, th- I think they're still spending a lot, but but the problem is, and as you highlighted. Uh, they, they now are really attractive to banks uh, because the, these are now the, the high income earners who can afford enormous amounts of debt. So, so the banks just offer them, you know, any kind of debt you can think of from credit cards, personal loans, overdrafts, you know, uh, really attractive car finance, not, not not attractive interest rates, but just, you know, easy to get. Uh, so so the, the debt problem becomes massive. And, and so I think it's it's key how we start this race to make sure we go in the right direction and not, you know, run completely backwards into a brick wall. But it's pointless, Warren. I mean, I'm earning 10,000 rand a month and you want me to put away how much every month? I mean, I, I get taxed, Warren. And, and I've got stuff to buy and things to do. And my friends are going out three times a week and I want to go out four. Uh, don't cramp my style here, Warren. I've had a tough life. I've been studying very, very hard uh, yeah, to go to university. And I spent an extra year there because I was dwarf and uh, whatever the case might be. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I, I promise I will save when I get it, when my, when my salary grows from ten to 20,000. So once I'm through my initial sort of introductory phase at work, uh, then I'll start saving. Just, just cut me some slack, Warren. Don't be so mean. I'll, I'll cut you some slack. So, so the slack I'll cut you is don't, don't save the the. If, if we're talking about ten thousand, if if someone's starting after ten thousand, I'm going to say to them that that you need to save at least one thousand five hundred, so fifteen percent of what you earned before. Are you mad? Uh, but I, I, I hear the argument and I take the point. I, I, I was once young and starting out in my own Jeez, life. That was and, a long time ago. And, and it was a long time ago, and and so I think uh, you know full disclosure. I think it was about two thousand a month is what I earned when I started, and um, and and so the, the the issue there is saving nothing is is my problem. I'm not saying you know save fifteen percent. I'm saying start with 
anything. Start with 50 rand a month. If you're earning 10,000 rand a month before tax, start with 50. Uh, and and the, the next time you get a raise, take half of that. So let's say you you know you do really well and you, you impress the bosses and they, they take your salary from 10 to 12 or 10 to 15. Take half of that increase and save that. So yeah. I'm not saying don't spend and I'm not saying don't Enjoy the, the the fruits of your of your hard earned work, where you you start to earn a bit more and, and therefore can can spend a bit more. By all means, spend a bit more, but 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 take half of the increase and save that, and do that every single time you get an increase, so that you don't get used to spending all of the money of the increase. I think you, you know there needs to be balance in life, and I think that's probably the evolution for me. You know, thinking about personal finances in the early days, it was all about the number. It was all about Everybody should save fifteen percent, you know, at least when they start out, and no excuses, and you know that's the way it must be. And I wonder how damaging that mantra has been because people go, "Well, that's unrealistic. I'm not doing it." It's almost an act of rebellion, almost an act of a cry of independence, which is incredibly immature. But I think, hands up, um, I think must must, many of us have done that. Absolutely, and you, you know, even if it's not an act of rebellion, maybe it's just a you know a sense of hope, hopelessness. If everyone's telling me I've got to save fifteen percent and I can only save four, you know, I'm not going to waste my time. Four four percent is is useless. I'm not doing anything, so I'm just I'm just going to spend it all. Uh, and and that's the mistake we've probably made in our industry for for many decades. We, we, what we need to realize is little bits every month when it's when we're talking about savings start to add up, and those little bits become bigger amounts. And you know it's that absolute cliched snowball down the hill. The more you add to it, eventually it gets gets faster and bigger, and it crushes all of your debt problems and, and gets you going. So so what I would say to people starting out is. Uh, don't don't listen to me 20 years ago listen to me today and t- today i'm telling you just start with a little bit start with yeah. with just anything you can get the habit going and, and watch how, how how that story starts to change as you do save more but always give yourself a reward i think you, you know that's we, we, you know human beings we we work with risk and reward you know the, the more we can reward ourselves and the more positive it becomes the the better but but i think the key there is be careful how you spend that that money on on the reward. I think what one huge mistake we make is we we like to buy stuff. You know, we want to buy fancy watches or cars or shoes or whatever it is. Uh, and and unfortunately, you know, we get about three minutes of of a psychological thrill from buying the new thing and and wearing the new shoes or whatever it is. But after that, it gives us no real joy. Uh, so, so be careful how you spend. I think the thing that really makes a massive impact is buying and or not buying, but spending money on experiences, spending money on on holidays that you plan for the whole year, and and then you go on that holiday and you share that experience with with other people, or do something good for someone else. You know, when you go out with friends. Uh, every now and then, you know, be generous and pay the bill, you know, do something good for someone else. You know, if you can help, uh, you know, someone with their studies or anything w- w- where you can make a difference in someone else's life has a huge impact on you. That's incredibly rewarding for years ahead. But buying stuff is where we get the debt uh, and, and where we actually don't get much reward. It becomes unfulfilling. And, and I think that's a mistake that we, we've probably made, you know, for, for many years with our money is we, we, we kind of get hooked on the stuff. You know, the, the marketing companies tell us, we have to buy the next big thing, whether it's the phone or the car, whatever it is, you know, the, the new laptop. And that's actually not that sensible. That that doesn't give us any real reward and it doesn't help us stick to good habits in in you know in the in the years ahead in our career. Let's talk about the advantage of putting money away because uh, we think it's small, we think it's tiny, and we think it's insignificant. But 
the the advantage of incremental investment let's say it starts at 500 rand a month and after year but at the end of year one um you've got 500 rand a month that takes you up to six thousand of capital invested if you've been lucky you've had a 10 percent gain on that you've got six thousand six hundred rand it's not very much at all it's fairly insignificant but in year two your salary goes up from 10 to 20 and you might not take all of the five um, and, and put that into investments, but you're up from, say, 500 to 2,000 rand a month. And you suddenly, by the end of year two, you've invested 24,000 rands worth of capital, which gives you um, the, uh, 30,600 at uh, another 10% there. And now you've got nearly 35,000 invested. Suddenly it starts to become a bit more meaningful. You get another promotion. You, you get a bit of a bonus and you put that in. And suddenly within five years, by the time you are... 27 there's a hundred thousand rand invested that you've not had to bleed particularly hard over or sacrifice particularly much to to achieve and and i think the 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 magic there is you you, you haven't got uh you haven't got used to a sacrifice you haven't got used to the money and now i had to cut it off you know, cut, cut the spending down again you you've got used to incrementally improving your, your lifestyle every single year so you've you felt no trauma, no no psychological pain from from the decision. You've actually, you know, had benefit and had reward, and, and all of a sudden, you know, your hundred thousand is generating you at least, you know, sort of a ten thousand a year, and and it doesn't take long before the hundred is five hundred thousand, and and you know, kind of eight or or ten years in, you're you're sitting on a million rand. You're a millionaire. I, I know, uh, you know, that's a goal for a lot of us when we start our, our art in life, and and I think it's you're right, Bruce. I think it's. That, that incremental saving, but also the incremental increase, uh, is huge. And you know, but by the time you're kind of in your mid thirties, you're you're saving a, a really reasonable amount of money every month. Uh, and and all your friends who've been going out all the time and have got all the fancy cars and all the fancy stuff, they're sitting with enormous amounts of debt. And and if you've avoided the debt trap and you've been saving, you, you might not drive the flashiest car and you might not wear the absolute best branded stuff. But but the amazing thing is you're probably the richest out of your friends. They just don't know it because you're not flash. And I think that's the key here. Is you know it, it's about it's about what you really want. How do you get the right balance? And and then how do you spend? And and uh, I mean I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I just think you know if you can avoid the trap of spending on stuff, it it becomes really rewarding later in life. And I think that that for me has probably been the big learning. You know watching people who do achieve this success with their savings. I'm not talking about people that have, you know, struck the, the kind of business starter lottery where they've built an app or whatever sure. they've done. You know, I'm just talking about ordinary kind of salaried people that have just done their thing. Uh, the, the ones that really achieve, you know, they, they might look like they're they're living fairly humble lives. They don't. They, they do have good experiences. They do have great rewarding lives. Uh, but but, but they, they allow their capital to accumulate and they get to that sort of age 45, 50 where they can stop work but they're enjoying themselves so much because they've got the freedom to to stop at any time. So they only take on the jobs they really like. And they become phenomenally successful simply because of that, both in careers and money. And and not really making any kind of sacrifice, no real emotional loss, not living like a hermit on a hill. You know, they're, they're, they're all let's look at it slightly differently again and look from a habit perspective if spending is a habit um and it is i think you know people who spend regularly and like to spend and you know you ask people what their big weakness is oh it's clothes oh it's shoes oh it's handbags oh it's art oh which i mean could be an investment maybe or oh I, I like to drink good wine or whatever it might be you've got into the habit 
of those treats, of those short bursts of endorphins, which, which course through your veins for that three-minute period you referred to earlier. In the same way that taking some of that money, not all of it, as you point out, and putting it aside for one day, by doing that, you're buying yourself financial freedom, which is a long-term endorphin rush, which very few people ever get to experience. And that's that, that sense of tranquility, that sense of peace, that actually, should the world go to hell in a handbasket, you'll be in a better position to cope should things go awry in your in 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 the world or in your life or suddenly you end up under a truck one day and you are unable to work suddenly you don't have to panic you know that your kids will be going to school you know that you know as as awful as your accident is actually you've provided for all eventualities yeah i think the the key word is freedom because it gives you the freedom to make choices yeah. you know not um not to stay working. And I think it's amazing talking to people late in their careers, how many people absolutely hate the job that they're in. <laughs> uh, and and when, when I ask them why, it's, it's because they can't afford to do something different. They can't afford just to take a risk to say, well, I, I don't want to change jobs now uh, and, and try for something I really like or something that's really rewarding because I, I simply can't afford to do it. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, the, the people that get to, to freedom, uh, financial freedom, it's, it's the freedom to say, gee, I've got, I've got sufficient money. I might not be able to live, you know, an absolutely lavish life, but, but I could live for a few years earning, you know, not as much money as I used to because I can take a, maybe a career step uh, sideways and maybe slightly backwards to do something I really enjoy and, and something that's rewarding. Uh, and, and it's amazing how the two overlap, you know, the, the people that get to some form of financial freedom. I'm, and I'm really not talking about people who become incredibly wealthy, just people who, who can exercise control over their money and don't have huge debt burdens and, and allow their money to keep growing. They're the ones that, that seem to derive a lot more enjoyment. So, uh, I mean, people who say money can't buy you happiness, uh, I, I don't. I don't believe that. Uh, I think you know. I mean, you know, no money and and massive debt is is a great recipe for for real misery in life. You know, and, and then you have no choices. And and human beings don't function well with zero choice. You know, we we hate everything. Then I, I know that for myself. But but when you've got choice and you are in a position of strength financially, then all of a sudden things become a lot better. So so you're right. I think it, it it's a huge uh, benefit to, to to kind of getting yourself on a on a footing. And I think. It really is. I mean, it's, you know, I always I hear myself say this. And I, I mean, it maybe sounds crazy, but it's possible for everybody. All we've got to do is start small, keep our cost base low. Uh, and and if we don't spend a huge amount, we don't need a massive amount of capital to fund that that spending. And, you know, and I think, again, you know, planning your your your, your holidays or whatever it is that really excites you, even if it's, you know, fancy wine, you know, just not going out and splurging, but budgeting for it and setting the money aside and giving yourself a reward when you, when you achieve your financial goals. Yeah, th those are great spending habits and great saving habits. Uh, and, and we should all do that. We should find the thing that really motivates us to, to take some of the money and put it away and then use some of the money wisely for the things that, that will keep us going every day and, and you know, move us forward. Wonderful, Warren. Thank you. Question from Judy this evening. It's a higher grade question. So this is where we bring you in. I don't know why you asked me this question, Judy. Hi, Bruce. No, no, no. It should be hi, Warren. I'm retiring next month. Should I take a cash portion out of my retirement fund or transfer the full amount to a pension? Great question, Judy. That one's for Warren in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Judy is retiring next month. Should she take a cash portion out of her retirement fund or transfer the full amount to a pension? Warren. 
So, so just a little bit of background there. Um, you, you know, the law allows us to take uh, the, the, the first 550,000 rand of, of our retirement funds as a tax-free lump sum. You know, there, there are a whole lots of terms and conditions, um, you, know, you know, to that, but but just very simple, very basically, first 550,000 rand, you can you can take, uh, you know, tax-free. And and for most people, I, I would say that that makes a lot of sense, you know, especially if you don't really have a lot of available cash from other investments and your retirement fund is, is pretty much your only investment, then then taking that that, uh, that that cash lump sum that you're allowed to take out makes sense to me. Uh, and and especially if that's going to become the basis for your emergency fund and and maybe for money that you need to replace cars in the future and, and other kind of big unforeseen expenses, then I would say definitely. Uh, the, the people that should should consider it a bit more carefully would be on the other side of the spectrum. So, so someone who's retiring with a massive, you know, re- retirement fund, and and they know that, uh, you know, they're going to pay, you know, re- really big taxes on on income, etc. They, often they'll, they might be in a position where it actually makes sense to transfer you know that, that entire amount, uh, you know, to, to a living annuity, uh, because they're they're going to draw a very small amount from that living annuity and probably leave the bulk of the money to the next generation, to to their their children. Uh, massive tax benefits of doing that because they save estate duty and executors fees and all sorts of things. So so I think that it's it's unfortunately not a not one answer for all of us in in this situation. But but for most of us, uh, you know, taking taking the tax free lump sum for for me makes sense. Uh, but 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 yeah, gee, you you got to do your homework on this one and just get a little bit of advice before you you, you pull that trigger. Um, absolutely, and again, it's that, that idea of where does the money best serve you um, in 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 this context. I mean, if it, you've got a great pension fund, if it's well invested and you get decent growth in that pension fund, well, that's fine. Um, but the five hundred and fifty thousand rand invest, as long as it, you're taking it and not taking it to go and, uh, uh, you know, spend on fun stuff because you didn't spend as a youngster. Um, the, the, you know, as long as it's going to be invested and invested wisely, uh, you know, you may give you a little bit of variety also in terms of uh, where you can invest money and where you can get some decent returns. Absolutely, I think you know. You know, one of the things about uh, about that lump sum, uh, you know, when you take it out, is that uh, you know, as you say, you now can, you I can, can have that overseas all, holiday I've dreamt about all through my hateful working career. Yes. Yeah, and and you know if you've done your planning correctly, well done. You know that's that's the reward you're giving yourself. But if you if you need the money, then please don't splurge it. Uh, but but for example, you can go and 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 invest the money overseas, or uh, or get an, an, a bigger offshore allocation within your your local investments. And 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 by by all means, do that. You know the the, the taxes on on that. Uh, could be quite small, you know. If you don't keep it all in cash, where where you'll pay massive income tax on the interest, you know. If you actually invest it properly in you know in, in exchange traded funds or unit trusts, the likelihood is you're paying capital gains tax, which could be quite small. So it can be very tax efficient to take that lump sum out, but it does get added to your estate. So again, uh, you know, just be careful there. And uh, but but I would say. Most people take it. You know, most people can't fathom the idea of leaving, you know, anything extra in their pension fund. They hate the rules and the restrictions, so so they just take it. And, and uh, as long as they take it and invest it wisely, it's probably not a bad idea. But but uh, it's not a no brainer as it sounds for for most people just to just to always take it. I, I I don't think that's that's necessarily true. Warren Ingram, thank you very very much indeed from Galileo Capital. Judy, please get proper adult advice on this. You'll be given some tips, some guidance. But every single case absolutely is different. Warren Ingram, Executive Director, Personal Financial Advisor at Galileo Capital.